So we are reading from uh, Madhya Lila Sri Chitanya Charitamita Madhyam chapter 21, text 111. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Right. 
So we'll go from text one, minute 11 to 1 minute 21. And we will stop along the way since there are so many verses we may get lost along the way. So we'll just stop here and there to make some commentaries on the purpose. Okay, so text 111. Pajife Krishnera Rase Shloka Pati Prima Vese. Pajife Krishnera Rase Shloka Pati Prima Vese. Prime Sanatana Hatadari. Gopi Bhagya Krishna Guna Jeta Ilavarnana. Bhava Vese Nagari. So, translation by his wife, Shri Prabhupada. Just as the women of Mathura ecstatically describe the fortune of the gopis of Vrindavan and the transcendental qualities of Krishna, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu described the different mirrors of Krishna and became overwhelmed with ecstatic love. Grasping the hand of Sanatana Goswami, he recited the following verse, text 112. What austerities must the gopis have performed with their eyes, the always being the nectar of the form of Lord Krishna, which is the essence of loveliness, and, not, and is not to be equal or surpassed. That loveliness is the only abode of beauty, fame, and opulence. It is self, self-perfect, ever fresh, and unique. This verse from Srimad Bhagavatam 10.44.14 was spoken by the women of Mathura when they saw Krishna in the wrestling arena. So the women of Mathura are actually appraising the weapons of Vrindavan because they have the, the kind of have the intuition, they, they have performed some very great austerities in order to be able to be in front of Krishna and with their eyes always drink the nectar of the form of Lord Krishna. The form of Lord Krishna in his, in his bended front plane of his food. Because that is the actual uh, form of Lord Sri Krishna, always playing on his food. That's why I have had, I remember, once 
created by someone, the most refined, the most incredible, incredibly um, subtle form of the frequency is music created by the flute of Krishna. Because when Krishna plays on his flute, he's blowing with his breath that is coming from the insides of his own body, from what we call the diaphragm. The diaphragm, Krishna's diaphragm, that's the, the room of the universe, basically. So from the diaphragm, the air is being pushed out, and that air is very, very subtle. And that air is going through his mouth, and his mouth has his tongue and his lips and the alveolus, and they are creating different forms and shapes. And I know this because I do play the flute. And if you change any one of those parameters, the tongue or the alveolus or the teeth, or the lips, you create a different sound. You create a different frequency. That's how subtle that is. It's a very, very subtle frequency. And not only that breath is very subtle and the production is very subtle, but then it goes, it's going through a bamboo flute, an instrument that is also very subtle, and is touched by the fingers of Krishna, so he can even, with his mind and his fingers, he can even uh, change the frequencies in order to create rasa, emotion. Rasas, the rasa and emotion of the music created by Krishna. It is his own heart, it's his own emotions. And then he is manipulating that emotion and that feeling through the sound of his music. And when that music enters into the ear of Lord Rama, then Lord Rama is getting the information on how to create the universe. So now, I recently some posting on Facebook how Nikolaus Tesla said, well, you know, the essence of everything that we see and all the material that we are looking at, it is frequency. That's Nikolaus Tesla, right? One of the greatest scientists of the 20th century. Well, it's frequency. That's what we are talking about here. So what is the essence of all frequency? Where does the frequency come from? And the most subtle and refined form of frequency, which is feeling and emotion created by the music of Krishna. Now, if you can really grasp that like the book is, that's what this verse is about, that the, the gopis are drinking the nectar of the form of Krishna by listening uh, when he's playing on his flute. Then, uh, and then now we are going somewhere. So now how, how can we understand that? Let's continue because there is a few other verses that we are supposed to read today. So let's continue. And the next verse will be 113. I'll just read the translation because there are so many verses here. The bodily beauty of Sri Krishna is like a wave in the ocean of eternal youth. And that great ocean is the whirlpool of the awakening of ecstatic love. The vibration of Krishna's flute is like a whirlwind 
and the Philippine mines of the Gopis are like straws and dry leaves. After they fall down in the whirlwind, they never rise again, but remain eternally at the lotus feet of Krishna. So you can imagine that, that the vibration of Krishna's feet is like a whirlwind, whirlwind, like, like a breeze. In Hawaii they call that a kami. It's like, like a wind that is coming through and is, is transporting things. Now, back when, when the gopis were listening to Krishna's flute, I think there was a class uh, that was given just a few days ago. Kundarika uh, I think, was giving that class, where he was saying that, that there are uh, three or four different spots in, in Vindal where even the stones, the stones were melted when, because Krishna played the flute over So in other words, that even the stones melt when Krishna's flute plays. Now of course that means that the stones are conscious and they can hear and they have consciousness. Because everything in the Nile is alive. So they have consciousness and they could hear that beautiful music of Krishna's flute. And so they actually melted, melted out of love. Right? So the, the verse says that the gopis never rise again, but remain eternally at the lotus feet of Krishna. So text number 114. Oh my dear friend, what severe austerities have the gopis performed to bring his transcendental beauty and sweetness through their eyes in complete fulfillment? Thus they glorify their births, bodies, and minds. Text number 115. The sweetness of Krishna's beauty enjoyed by the gopis is unparalleled. Nothing is equal to or greater than such ecstatic sweetness. Even the predominating deities of the Vaikuntha planets, the Narayanas, do not possess such sweetness. Indeed, none of the incarnations of Krishna up to Narayan possess such transcendental beauty. Now that brings us to that uh, verse that was discussed. Uh, of course, and that brings us to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu here. This verse, uh, very, very, very important, very, very transcendental verse. The sweetness of Krishna's beauty enjoyed by the gopis is unparalleled. Nothing is equal to or equal or greater in such ecstatic sweetness, even the predominating deities of the Vaikuntha planets do not possess such sweetness. In verse uh, 1-6, the vivid evidence in this regard is that the dearest consort of Narayan, the goddess of fortune who is worshipped by all chaste women, gave up everything in, the, in her desire to enjoy Krishna, being captivated by his unparalleled sweetness. Thus, she took a great vow and underwear, underwent severe austerities. Text 117. The quintessence of Krishna's sweet bodily luster is so perfect that there is no perfection above it. He is the immutable 
mind of all transcendental qualities. In his other manifestations and personal expansions, there is only a partial exhibition of such qualities. We understand all his personal expansions in this way. Now, we need to put ourselves into the position of the text, which is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is telling Sanatana Goswami, this is what the text is about, about the qualities and the personality of Sri Krishna and the beauty of Krishna's music. Well, what is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu doing here? Why? What is he? What is the actual essence of his teaching? He is basically giving to Sanatana Goswami prema, love of God. He is giving him actually that mercy, that mercy that is coming from the Guru. Only the Guru can give that mercy, and Prabhupada explains that in uh, farther verses here in this in this chapter which is that only Guru can give that mercy. That's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is doing here. And there was a class last Thursday on the previous day of Advaita Acharya given by Prangavindya Maharaj. And he was saying, and it was at the end of the class, there was a very interesting question. What is the Yuga Dharma of the age? And he said, well, the Yuga Dharma of the age is the chanting of the Holy Names, the chanting of the Holy Krishna. But, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came not only just to give us the Yuga Dharma, but the most important thing that he came to give us was Purim, Purim, love of God. Because, Truly speaking, why is it so important? I guess there was no time because it was at the end of the class and there was no elaboration, but I wanted to make this point here because this is the deep part of that point that, that, uh, that the devotees didn't get to it because, because of time. The point is that prayer is the most important thing. It's most important than anything else. The point that is given by the Guru to the disciple. Why? Because without that prayer, we cannot get out of the material world. We just can't. We can't. It's impossible. To get out of this material world, we can't. So, yeah. I was very strange, I know you can get out of this place. It's just locked, locked up like, like, you know, like, like a big prison house. Well, actually, Dr. Thirton Maharaj used to do this example analogy, but this is with a person house, and it's locked up like, like so many locks, and you can just get out of this place. Why? Because it is made that way, according to the, the second natural verse, which says that Krishna, anything that is the void of Krishna, will even put Krishna in the center of the activity, what happens is that it is dominated by a reflection of a shadow. The shadow, and uh, well, uh, uh, as it was explained before, the shadow means the false ego, the false ego of our own selves. So the reflection of that shadow, which is the maya, that illusion, is like a mirage. And it's impossible to go through it. It's just too, uh, too slippery. It's, it's too difficult to overcome. 
So, even great, great challenge, we need to take this seriously because even great, great challenge, they realize that and they, they knew that they couldn't get out of it without the mercy of the Guru. We discussed before, like, the, the teachings of Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj, how he uh, almost tried to commit suicide, falling um, into the dangers if he brought up his soldiers, Babaji didn't give him initiation. But also there is another example in the example Daya, which is Narita and Dostakur. Now, Narita and Dostakur, he was a great, great scholar, great poet. I mean, amazing. You read the poems of Narita and Dostakur, it's like, you know, there is no higher poetry that I've ever worked, other than some of the poems by Bhaktivinoda Kuru. They are also incredible. But Narita and Dostakur was really an amazing poet writer. He came from a very illustrious family. He was an aristocrat. He was amazing. And you know what? He couldn't get out of this material world. He realized he couldn't unless he got the mercy from his guru. He realized that Lokanath Goswami Babaji, he was the most advanced devotee in Vrindavan and he, he, that was his guru. He needed to get the mercy of his guru. But Lokanath does Babaji uh, he, he was a Babaji, he was a devotee, he didn't want to take disciples, just like Gurakusola's uh, Babaji, he just wanted to change every Krishna, he didn't want any prestige or money or fame or what to speak of giving initiation to someone like Narakandas Kapoor, who was an aristocrat and a great intellectual. He didn't want to do that. But Narakandas Kapoor, he was very, very. I don't know, he knew that he didn't get out of his material world, that all his writings and all his poetry mean nothing without the mercy of his Lord. So what did he do? So he started, he got this idea, he started, he found out where the latrine or the place were, looking at this, Goswami Maharaj used to pass through. used to go there, so found out about it, and before he arrived, he would clean the place. Make it nice and clean and scented and so would be nice. And he did that for days and days, and then one day looking at those guys, now I said, what's going on here? How come every time I come here, this place is nice and clean, and this is supposed to be the place where I'm supposed to pass through? What's going on? Who's doing this? Because he didn't like that. He liked somebody coming to his place where he was coming to pass and he was staying in the place. He said, well, I'm going to find out tomorrow. So the next day, he was there earlier before Narapan Vastakul got there and he hid somewhere between the bushes. He, they were in the forest of Bingham. And then he saw Narapan Vastakul cleaning the place with the broom, making it all nice. And open the dust of and says, what are you doing? Why are you cleaning this place? Why? He said, because you want to be a disciple. You don't know, you don't want to give you uh, initiation. So at least the, the only thing I can do is do a little service for you. Make sure that you have a comfortable place when you come here. So I just want you to accept my service as humbly uh, as I can request from you. And so, looking at the Shunyamara, I think he just realized that he was actually a worthy disciple. That he didn't care that 
it was not about the fact that he was an aristocrat or the son of a king and that he was a great poet or an intellectual or anything. It's that he was a devotee and he was like actually trying to get his mercy. So that's another example in our Sampradaya, how these great acharyas they realize that although they may come from great families, they may be very intellectual, they may know how to speak several languages or play different musical instruments or whatever, or write poetry, still their knowledge, their well-being is nothing without the mercy of the Guru. Why? Because when you attain the mercy of the Guru, then is when you are putting Krishna in the middle or in the center of your activities. And that's how you can overcome the Maya. And that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is doing here. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is basically uh, basically instructing Sanatana Goswami basically on what to do. So let's continue because we have about three more verses to go. And, and this will be revealed in a few minutes here. So, the quintessence of Krishna's sweet bodily lifestyle is so perfect that there is no perfection about it. He is the immutable mind of all transcendental qualities in his other manifestations and personal expansions is only a partial, partial exhibition of such qualities. We understand all his personal expansions in this way. Text 118. Both the gopis and Krishna are complete. The gopis' ecstatic love is like a mirror that becomes newer and newer at every moment and reflects Krishna's bodily luster and sweetness. Thus, competition increases. Since neither give up, their passions become newer and newer and both sides constantly increase. So, the gopis and Krishna are complete. The gopis' static love is like a mirror that becomes newer and newer at every moment and reflect Krishna's bodily luster and sweetness. So, the gopis and Krishna, they just have that relationship where they just increase, increase their love, not like diminishing their love or how much can I get, or, or the, the love is limited. No, it's never limited. It's always increasing. That premise is always, always increasing. So, verse uh, 120, the transcendental mellows generated from the dealings between the gopis and Krishna cannot be taste, tasted by means of furtive activity, yogic austerities, speculative knowledge, regulative devotional service, mantra yoga or meditation. The sweetness can be tasted only through the spontaneous love of liberated persons who chant the holy names with great ecstatic love. Okay, that's what we were discussing earlier, a minute ago. That's, that's the crux of the matter. That's the essence of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the essence of the Srimad Bhagavatam, of any literature, regular. The sweetness can be tested, tasted. The sweetness can only be tasted only 
to this spontaneous love, the spontaneous love of liberated persons who chant the holy names with great ecstatic love. Yeah. Let that sink in for a second. Because that is the essence of everything you are doing here. Or what we are doing here. That's why we are here. And basically saying, and it will come out later in the other, the, the future text here in the Chaitanya Charitamita chapter 21 and chapter 22, is going to elaborate on that. And it's going to elaborate on the different planets and how to get to Goloka Brindavan and how to get to all the different planetary systems. But if you want to get to Goloka Brindavan, that is the essence that the sweetness can be tasted only through the spontaneous love of liberated persons. In other words, that very, very, very important to connect with uh, people that are chanting the holy names in a very pure state of mind. This is very, very crucial. And you, once you understand that this person is is liberated because of his chanting, because of his activities, his actions, basically he's free from material sense gratification, then try to get emotions and love. Try to get some, do some devotional service for these people, for these liberated souls. And, and then you'll be able, that's how you'll be able to get advanced to that level of or position where you can become free from the clutches of Maya, because Maya really is impossible. You just can't get out of it. It is it's a very difficult situation. It's a reflection of a shadow. I mean, it's like, how can you hold that? How, how do you know when that shadow is coming? You don't know. It's impossible. But once you get that mercy, you will know. You will know right away. And so we are going to finish here with the last two verses. We are almost in time. Yeah, we are almost in time here. So such ecstatic transactions between Krishna and the gopis are possible only in Vrindavan, which is full of the opulences of transcendental love. The form of Krishna is the original source of all transcendental qualities. It is like a mine of gems. <coughs> the opulences belonging to all the personal expansions of Krishna are to be understood to be bestowed by Krishna. Therefore, Krishna is the original source and shelter of everyone. Krishna is the original source and shelter of everyone. So again, you know, the beginning of the verse is very important. Such ecstatic transactions between Krishna and the gopis are possible only in Vrindavan. Again, because Krishna is playing with his flute, and what he's playing with his flute, he's looking at his rear eye, why? Because he wants to find out if Sumatra Radharani is listening to this music. Oh, Radharani is there. Let me play this raga or that raga. But that, that sweetness is created between the gopis and Krishna. And it's only possible in Vrindavan. So if you are thinking or you really made up your mind, you want to get out of the material world, go for, go for the top. All the other planets 
you know, like if you go to the POVT, <laughs> very fun thing, you can show you all the different planets. Uh, I, I belong to different sanghas and, on the internet, and, and one of the sanghas is studying the, uh, the fifth canton, you know, all the different planetary systems. So yeah, there are so many planetary systems. There is the higher uh, heavenly planets, the lower heavenly planets, there are so many different planets. But if you want to get out of here, you want to go to Goloka Vrindavan, you got to follow what we just discussed just a few minutes ago. That the sweetness can be tested only through the spontaneous love of liberated persons. Uh, I know that this is a little bit heavy, but that, that's the way it is. It, it's just... Now, we have the great opportunity here that Srila Prabhupada just came a few years ago, not too long ago. You know, he came to America about maybe 59, maybe 60 years next year. And he passed in 77, less than 50 years ago. So he was here very, very, not too long ago. And he was a pure, pure soul. He was a self-realized person. I mean, believe me, there aren't that many self-realized people that uh, come to the planet. There, there are Krishna saints people and liberated souls to help others, but at that level of purity and knowledge and realization like Prabhupada, like when he's writing on these books, do you think he is actually writing them? No, he's being dictated by Krishna. He's just writing down his on his uh, microphone. He's actually saying what he's listening from Krishna. That's why, in a sense, I don't want to get into the political aspect. You know, I don't see any reason why we have to edit any of his books. And he says, because Hey, where does this writings come from? Where did the text come from? It really is coming from Krishna through his mouth or through his pen. And he's putting them down into these books. It's pretty uh, amazing. It's pretty amazing what Prabhupada did is really... I mean, I'm an empowered person can do that. It's just not possible that anybody can just say, Oh yeah, I'm going to write the Chitana Charita Mita or... I'm going to translate the Chaitanya Bhagavad. No, you can't do that. You have to be empowered, empowered to be able to do something like this. It's not ordinary. Very, very special. In our text 121, and we'll conclude here. That's as far as I'm supposed to go. It says, verse, text 121, beauty, humility, mercy, merit, Patience and expert intelligence are all manifested in Krishna. But besides this, Krishna has other qualities like good behavior, mildness, and magnanimity. He also performs welfare activities for the whole world. All these qualities are not visible in expansions like Narayana. Srila Bhaktivinoda Kur mentions that the qualities of beauty, humility, mercy, merit, patience, and expert intelligence are brilliant qualities, and when they are exhibited in the person of Narayan, one should know that they are bestowed upon Narayan by Krishna. Good behavior, mildness, and magnanimity are found only in Krishna. Only Krishna performs welfare activities for the whole world. 
So basically what Prabhupada is saying here is that Krishna in his from playing with his flute in Vrindavan dressed with a peacock feather and performing his pastimes with the devotees that is the Supreme Personality of Godhead that is what our belief is based on the uh, Vaishnava Sampradaya that is the essence of our teachings and our philosophy and that's what we, we believe in now, other people may have other beliefs concerning the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they may think God is this way or that way, or they may think in different forms, different forms about Krishna. Uh, they may think of Krishna as Sitaram or Lord Machine There may be other incarnations, because as we were saying earlier, there are other incarnations that Krishna has manifested when he has come to this planet to, for different reasons. But Krishna's manifestation, that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying here to Sanatana Goswami, playing in his flute in his fourfold bending form, it is the actual original Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed us also that prema by his intensity of love for Krishna. And I'll finish with this now, maybe food for thought, and maybe somebody else will pick it up at some other time and have a further discussion. But basically, the great acharyas and the great gurus like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Srila uh, Prabhupada, they are trying to teach us how to develop love for Krishna, how to get this prema, and how to experience it and give it to others. How? Well, in the case of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, really, this is the highest form of prema there is which is, I mean, you probably have seen, maybe there are, there are a couple of paintings out there in the Eastern uh, art form. I've seen them around, I don't know who's painting them, but I've seen maybe one or two of these paintings. And I did have a vision of it a few months ago, because I wanted to, actually, I was wondering or questioning, what is the highest form of love of God here? And this vision came to me, which was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and I realized that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's face is actually the face of love. I said, wow, yeah, that is the face of love. But, but the vision was, like in this painting, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu crying, crying like torrents of rain. I said, oh my God, this is very intense, this is like super deep. Because that, that is the most intense form of love of God, is the separation between the uh, Radha and Krishna, you know, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in, in his position as Radha Rani, thinking of Krishna in separation, and he was crying torrents of rain. And then I thought, wow, oh, this is very intense, it's a little deep, you know, he's like, I, I can get there, this is like, I, I, 
How could I think of placing myself in this state of consciousness, which is that deep, you know, it's like, please, please, me, give me some ideas to help and animate upon you that, you know, I can ascertain, that I can get hold of. And then, you know, Christmas Mars just came to me in the verse of Sri Prabhupada. He uh, recorded an album in New York City, way back in, at the beginning of the movement, and in that cover of the record album is, is on the internet before I have heard it before. And Prabhupada is saying, you should chant the holy names of the Lord just like a child crying for mother Hawa to save you from this material world. In other words, that, and I, I realized immediately when I heard the voice of Prabhupada in my head that that is that was the teaching of Srila Prabhupada that for us, that we should really chant the holy names of God just like a child, just like a child praying for Mother Hara, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare, just like a child of a world. But I can really see that because this other position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, crying like in the pralanga basically in separation that's very intense that's for very advanced devotees and you know and i'll conclude with this and even shila Prabhupada, that's that's really this is new teaching who's going to teach his disciples to pray to god in that mood of like a child uh, like children to pray to god to save then from this material world, not so much in the Madhuri Rice stage. You know, it's like we have all that, uh, we have this story when Prabhupada was traveling through South India, and the Brahmana wanted Prabhupada to talk with him about the Madhuri Rice, and Prabhupada kept putting him up, saying, no, no, I, I can discuss Madhuri Rice with you. Not right now, maybe tomorrow, maybe <laughs> the next day. And then, after a while, he why don't you want to talk about Madhurya Ras? And Prabhupada said, well, you may be qualified to listen to Madhurya Ras, but I'm not qualified to speak about it. No. Prabhupada was definitely qualified to speak about Madhurya Ras. He's just here trying to teach us. He's trying to teach his disciples. And that this subject matter is very, very intricate, very advanced. There is in the Chitana Charita Mita, we should know about it, but we got to start somewhere before you get there, because to get there, this is very deep meditation, this is like, you know, the separation from Krishna, you know, like the gopis trying to be with Krishna because they're in separation, this is a very deep type of teaching, and it's much easier for the jivas to try to find this love of Godhead more like children, more like a child playing for his mother, mother Hara. So I think that was uh, one of the greatest teachings that Prabhupada brought to the West. I mean, if not the greatest teaching, how to actually appro approach Krishna, how to pray to Krishna, how to chant his name in a mood that we can develop a relationship, because this is what this is about, develop a relationship with God, with Krishna. And that is probably the easiest form, the simplest, or at least the form that is less complicated. The other one, it is there 
the Vipralanda form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but when you go there, you just, uh, you have to see that this is very, very advanced, very deep. This is not something that we necessarily want to get into it. But if Krishna wants to give you a glimpse of it, okay, we will, we'll, we'll take that, we'll accept it. But really what our position is, is just trying to be like a child playing for, for another Haram. Okay, so I'll t- conclude right here. Uh, any questions, comments? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for the lecture. So you're saying that in order to yeah. So, uh, in essence, you said that in order to become liberated from the material world, one needs the mercy of one spiritual master. Right. Yeah. On the other hand, we can see that many devotees do get a mercy of their spiritual masters, but uh, without going into details, they're not exactly liberated yet. So what would be the complete list of minimum requirements of getting out of the material world? Given the fact that obviously the mercy itself and the guru is not being... Okay, a very, very, very good question. How should we go about it so that we can be practical and effective? Because really, what we are doing here is we are trying to get out of this material world. And, and Prabhupada was just saying, which is where you have to have the mercy of a guru. Now, Prabhupada wrote a very small book called It's a Journey to Other Plants, which he elaborates on this. And, well, he started with the same thing. Number one, you have to accept the spiritual master. Two, you get a render devotional service to the spiritual master. Three, you get to please the spiritual master with your service. Those are the three most important elements that he mentions. And then, after that, he says, and then there is these five other elements which will help you to do, to do that, which is chanting of the holy names, association with devotees, uh, living in a holy dam, or being near a temple, reading Srimad Bhagavatam, or uh, reading scriptures. So these things are important in order to purify our existence specifically coming to Bhagavatam class or reading Bhagavatam, uh, chanting of the holy names, all of this a- association of the devotees, these are all very important aspects. But uh, again, maybe our society is a little bit new and Prabhupada Guru is still here. Prabhupada Guru is still here. It is, that's the position, uh, I mean, I have to maybe just let me say a couple of words from one of my shiksha, great shiksha gurus, uh, Bhakti Fintanaras, who really explained to me this thing, which, uh, you know, I had this huge discussion with him once, personal discussion, and he convinced me, he convinced me, because I felt, you know, we had gone through so many difficulties in our movement, and, and I thought that the rhythmic way was the, the, the right way, that you could connect directly with Prabhupada. I had that experience, and it is true, in fact, that I discussed with all of the body, that you can connect with Prabhupada, you know, that he's not in the planet. You can connect with him through his teachings, through his books, through his worship. But back to Fintan Maharaj explained that yes, although the rhythmic position is correct, it still is not the most perfect one, because if the body really needs or is, is more perfect if the Guru is personally present, so to speak, in front of the devotee. And Prabhupada said that himself in Srimad Bhagavatam 2.438 in the purport, and we had a class on this before, 
where Prabhupada is saying the guru cannot be a book. The, book, uh, the guru cannot be scripture or murti. He says the, the guru has to be a person. And then in the discussion, some of us actually are, are devoted here, explaining, we had the discussion, he said, he said that um, there was a devotee that asked Prabhupada, well, why does the guru have to be a living guru? You know, why couldn't it just be a book? And Prabhupada got up from his seat, went to the devotee, and went his ear, said, because the book cannot do this. In other words, that really the position of the guru and uh, the job of the, of the guru, of the duty, is to win the ear. You know, they've got to take care of their disciples. If, if the position right now has been that we needed to expand our movement in order to get enough devotees so that we could get our temple deity worship and so on, going is fine, but now we have to find a system by which the devotees need to be taken care of. Uh, in different classes that I listened to, one of them was saying, I think, I'm not sure if it was here or a class in Hawaii, where uh, it, it was saying that uh, one of the sampradayas, it could be the Ramanuya sampradaya, where they divide, divide the temples into cells, like groups of 10 or 20, and they're taken care of by uh, and more against the body that, you know, they have discussions on these matters. You see what I'm saying? Uh, actually, we are trying to do something similar to this, just for your information. In, in, in our Eastern movement, uh, there is a program coming up April 6 and 7. If you want more information, you can contact me or Mother Ragadmika. There is other devotees that, that are part of this. Uh, there is two devotees coming from Vancouver, the Vancouver Temple, Utena, Peru, and Rita, uh, Parker, Parker and Utena. And they are coming, uh, and they are a householder group, uh, householder um, couple that have been teaching this for the last 20 years, basically. They, they are teaching householders how to get together and how to create this nucleus or groups of people that, that are under the direction, so to speak, of more advanced devotees or senior devotees. Because the fact is that to live through uh, a situation like this and to be 30 years old, 40 years old, have three children or two children or four children, how do you do that? I mean, you know, how, do you become, how do you remain a devotee? How do you go to the temple? How do you uh, change your vows and remain spiritual and at the same time maintain a family? You know, it's a daunting situation. So therefore you need mentors. Mentors, people that went through situations like this, and they can tell, oh, well, this is, this is what happens. This is what, that's what happens. So you get to talk to people that have gone through certain experiences in life, and that can help you say, well, if you have problems with finance, or if you have problems with your children to be taken care of, then this is uh, maybe a better situation, and maybe you can try that, or, you know, or if you continue doing this, this is what is going to happen to you. Anyway, there are different things that can be addressed by the devotees. Uh, again, uh, these devotees are coming, I, I believe, April 3rd through the 11th. We are having a program here at the uh, ALA Academy, the Alachua Academy. 
On the 6th and 7th, there were more information. There are several devices connected to it, including myself and Rakafut, uh, Mataji, uh, 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 Sukada, Mataji as well, there are several. So you should get more information, because these people, they have been doing this for years. They have to take care of families, how to take care of children, you know, how to take, how husband and wife should live together, well, and how to avoid a flare-up. You know, in a movement, there shouldn't be any divorce. Divorce should be out of it. Divorce is not a good thing. No matter how you look at it, it's just not a good thing. Separation, but how do you avoid it? God is the key, especially in this society. It's a very permissive society, very difficult society. So how do you avoid divorce, separation, argumentation, this and that? That's when you need proper guidance. Yeah? Guidance from maybe senior devotees or people that are more advanced or they have gone through these situations before and they can help you. I hope that answers your question. Sorry, my answer was a little bit lengthy. Anyway, any other questions? Thank you. Uh, someone may argue that. That said, 50 years ago, that once chant like a child for another, now one should chant in a different mood. The roots can change. Of course, once you. Once you become more advanced, I'm sure your relationship will be revealed, right? But you got to start somewhere. And I guess Prabhupada, he, 50 years ago, he had to make it simple. He was more like, well, yeah, let's, let's talk about the video rows and you know, think about uh, your and you know. He had to start very, very simple teachings and also to help us to develop that loving relationship. But it's still that relationship of a child for a mother is a very uh, safe type of position. You know, it's a very safe, very um, but of course, what your relationship is with person, I don't know, it's, it's just, it will be revealed to you. And everybody is different. You know, some people are maybe uh, uh, friends of Krishna, it's like uh, Malam Mohan was giving a class once in Hawaii and he said, he was saying, well, I, I don't even know, you know, the, the Kahur boys are saying, why does Krishna spend so much time with the gopis? Come on, why have you so much fun here dealing with Agasura and all these other things, you know, we can go to the forest and play our flutes and take care of the cows. Why should Krishna worry so much or think so much about rather I mean all these gopis, you know, that's the thing. They have that relationship with Krishna. They're always going to be with Krishna in that mood of powerful boys. While the gopis, they're the gopis, and they're going to be with Krishna in that relationship of gopis. But again, everybody's different, and there are really, in a sense, no superior positions. There are just different positions or different relationships. You know, imagine if you, if you, if you have that relationship with Krishna where you are his friend. Oh, that's cool. Or you have a relationship with Krishna where you are uh, his father or mother. Oh, it would be fantastic. But again, there will be a reward.
sang the thing by that mercy of the Guru. So you, you can read the books, that's what the scholars do. In fact, one of the verses was saying that. The scholars are reading the books, but where is the taste? So, but anyway, um, The transcendental system works, the way the Pantra system works is that you honor that system that pushes empowerment from the background facilitating the growth of the property. Yes, Krishna's empowered through the, through the spiritual master, that's right. And you're empowered in order to understand the sweetness. thinking that there's different levels of empowerment because you can't take one step without Krishna's first uh, empowerment. Mm -hmm. so, That's right. I mean, because you mentioned something about translating books, Max Muir, he also translated the Vedas like that, but you, you don't get any benefit from that thing. So I, I want to be, yeah, what you said about reading Shri Prabhupada's book that's the uh, most important that's you're giving. Shri Prabhupada one time in Radhadamadar Temple, he said that if you read this nectar devotion you're associating with Sri Rupa Goswami and you, you follow it, you're, you're serving the greatest truth. So you have to reach your Papa's books. That's right. And you cannot, and, and that brings up that um, question that was, was brought up to Prabhupada in Stinson Beach. They said, well, what are we going to do when you pass away? Who's going to take care of us? Right? Was mentioned to Prabhupada and he said, nobody can take care of you like I can take care of you. I am the Guru. And the fact is that other devotees may have gone to other Gurus and other Sampradayas and whatever it is, but it's not Prabhupada. Not Prabhupada. If, if Prabhupada really brought a system of understanding Krishna consciousness that is unique to his teachings and cannot be replicated by any other system, cannot. The only way is by following in his footsteps. Following in his footsteps, reading his books, and understanding them, and getting his mercy. But any other uh, position is not valid. Not valid. Not the same. It may sound like it's the same, but it's not. So I will be very careful with that. Very, 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 very lucky. Hare Krishna. Any, any other questions? No? Okay. Thank you, Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Jai Shri Prabhupada. Jai Hare Krishna.